There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast. I am your host, Jim DeLulo, and sitting across from me with Millie Bobby Brown on his shirt is Chuck Miller, and we are going to dive into the world of masculinity and politics and espionage with our Jack Ryan preview episode. But before we get into that, last week, listeners, you may know that we did our Matt Groening episode, and we talked in depth about The Simpsons and Futurama and Disenchantment, which should be out when this episode goes live. So I hope you've watched it. I hope you listened to our episode. But we did a little top five Simpsons characters. Uh, Chuck and I provided ten characters because, I mean, it's hard to come up with a top five. And yeah. everybody on Twitter and Instagram had said, oh, you know, we uh, it changes all the time. But I got two late submissions, and I would love to share them right off the gate. And the first one is from Simpsons Treasure Trove on Twitter. So her top five is uh, Homer Simpson, and she gave me a reason. He's just so bad and clueless, but his heart is in the right place. Yeah. Number two, Bart Simpson, mainly because I love Nancy Cartwright. Uh, number three is Maggie Simpson, just because. Number four is Krusty the Clown, provided with a hey-hey in a Krusty voice. <laughs> and number five is someone who made both of our top fives, the comic book guy. Uh, the restraining order says no, no, but her eyes say yes, yes. Classic comic book guy uh, quote. And I am 100, uh, 100% on board with Simpsons Treasure Trove's top five Simpson characters. Yeah, it was a good one. And then over on the Instagrams where you can find us, uh, The Active Geek, so make sure once this episode is done or just multitask and give us a follow on that, we have Andy B. Nerdy. That's a good one. That's a great one. His top five is as follows. Number five, Apu. Number four, comic book guy. Again, another character who throughout the board has pretty much made everybody's top five. And he's not a big character no. at all. He's, he's only been in a few. But it's still still a great character, and it's perfect with our demo. It's yeah. 100% and on brand. And I think brand. that's why people love it. It's on brand. It's 100% on brand with us. Number three, Wiggum. <laughs> it's the first uh, Chief Wiggum love that we've gotten. And number two was Bart, number one, Homer. So those are some more top fives. So keep submitting them. Very good ones. If you guys have top fives on anything and you want us to, that's on topic of what we're kind of talking about that this month, uh, hit us up on Twitter. The uh, Active Geek underscore Instagram, the Active Geek, and let us know, and we will uh, we will definitely share that. But before we get into Jack Ryan, we're going to talk about somebody who uh, we've discussed uh, not in nauseum, but in a fair amount this month, and that is Sir Tom Cruise. Yeah. If Americans could be knighted in America, he'd be a knight. Uh, Tom Cruise is in the comic book news, movie news, all over with his the latest rumor that he was uh, up like the front runner. For Hal Jordan in Jeff John's yep. Green Lantern movie. Now you text me this like it was brand new news and you were so excited. Only for me to say, Chuck, that's old ass news. I did not know that. And he passed on it. So from what I'm hearing and from what you've reported early today, uh, Tom Cruise has was number one. They wanted him to play Hal Jordan. But apparently, and this is a minor spoiler for the rumored Green Lantern movie, the script says that Hal Jordan dies. And then passes the torch to John Stewart. So we knew we were going to get Hal. We knew we were going to get John, but we didn't know in what facet. So Hal Jordan is supposed to die. Tom Cruise said, uh-uh. Tom, I'm Tom fucking Cruise. I make $7 trillion since Mission Impossible number one. And I'm paraphrasing this. I don't think he actually said that, but yeah. I, I wish he would. He makes all this money. He's killing it in the box office. He says, no, you rewrite this script. So Tom Cruise lives. We already know Hal Jordan's prequel. His origin story is Top Gun. You bring him into the Green Lantern, and you let Hal do Hal things. You don't need Hal to die for John to live. No, you can have two exist. But you were 100% on board with Tom Cruise. So my question again, Chuck, is what makes you 100% on board with Tom Cruise being the frontrunner, number one? He's not going to get it because he passed. But like, if this were to have come to fruition, what makes you 100% on board? Well, one, yes, he did pass. But you never, I mean... Um, Michael Keaton passed on Vulture, and look what happened with that. Yeah, but they, I'm sure they didn't rewrite the entire part to say, Michael Keaton, No, we're going to make you even bigger in this movie. You're the main villain. They're killing Hal Jordan in this movie. That's seminal to the plot of Green Lantern. Like, they don't want Hal Jordan going forward. They want a big name to play Hal Jordan, but then Jon Stewart is the one who's going to carry yeah. that mantle. You can't just come in and say, well, if you want Tom Cruise, you rewrite it so Tom Cruise can be Tom Cruise. For 20 fucking years in your DC universe. I would I like it. I like Tom Cruise. Um, I don't like like his religious beliefs, but yeah. I'm not a religious man. But 
he kind of kills it at the box office. We he talked does. about it. We spent an, an hour talking about Tom Cruise. We were on his junk for an hour. I would have been okay with it. Yeah, I was totally on board. The thing that got me, like, I wasn't like, oh my god, they want Tom Cruise because I knew they wanted Tom Cruise. That's Disney. That's not sorry. That's DC's mo. They want the big names. They want Hollywood's elite. Mm-hmm. So Tom Cruise is hot right now. He's super hot since '91 or whatever. They want him. I get it. He fits that. He doesn't fit anything else. No, no, he he's fits not Hal Jordan well. The only other suit that he would probably fit in, based on his height, is Robin. And you can't have Tom Cruise prancing around five years older than Batman. Now, I am not on board for this, but the only height he fits is Wolverine. Yeah. Well, listen, he's never going to be Wolverine. No, and I don't want to be Wolverine, but he is comically correct with Wolverine. I actually talked about this on a recent video for the Den of Nerds on YouTube. Subscribe to that as well. That he would make a somewhat reasonable and okay version of Norman Osborn in the MCU. You bring him in, not in the Sony universe, you bring him into the MCU after Far From Home. So my theory was, how do you in- introduce the Osborns? Because you need to, right? Yeah. So, obviously, Peter is Far From Home. Right? Hence the, twi- the title. So, once he comes back to New York, it could be one of two ways. This is how I would either write it. It could be a secret scene, or it could be an ending scene, I'm sorry, where he walks past the Avengers Tower, and they are just putting the Oscorp name on it. Because it's bought. We don't know who bought it. It could be Oscorp. It could be the Baxter building, now that Fantastic Four is home. But the way I would write it, i take a page from Power Rangers. Peter's in class. They say, all right, guys, we got a new student. Please welcome Harry Osborn. He walks in, credits. Then you set up the universe. Gives you time. You cast a young Harry, a younger actress, maybe, or actor, maybe a, a Dylan Minnette. Uh, anybody from 13 Reasons Why, apparently. Yeah. Uh, or you can get, um, what's his name? Dylan O'Brien, another Dylan, to play Harry. Nick all, Robinson. No, you probably, that's probably who they would I only with. said it because I... Listen, I, it probably feel? would be Nick Robinson. But you bring him in. And you end it. You can spend some time toying with how you want to approach Green Goblin, if you want to go Green Goblin, if you want to go Red Goblin based on the new comic books when he gets the symbiote. And then you can say, who's going to play Norman Osborn? Is it going to be A, Matthew McConaughey, who could do it. He'd be like the dirty, smelly version of Norman Osborn. No. I heard he doesn't wear deodorant. Okay. Just looking at him makes me know that he doesn't But if he looked like he did in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, for he's just gonna sit there and rub his chest. Yeah, but he was dapper in that. Well, I'm not saying you have to be dapper. Willem Dafoe was Green Goblin. You know, he wasn't super dapper. He wasn't like that's a man you can put in a CEO chair. Nah, but I thought he was good. William Willem Dafoe was great in it. Or you could do someone like Tom Cruise, right? My ultimate pick for Norman Osborn. I don't know if our listeners are ready for it or if they're gonna like it. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Right? I My pick? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. He's a little too old to play Norman. To have a 17-year-old son? Nah, he could do it. I mean, they could always age him. That would be great, but I still want Brian Cranston as Mr. Sinister. That would be really, really cool. Or, I mean... I mean... Mr. Mr. X... Or Mr. X. Uh, Professor X. Shave his head, throw him in a wheelchair. He could do it. He was Zoran, for God's sake. They put his head in a tub. Well, that's, that's who I wanted to be, Professor X. Yeah. I'm back to our, our fan cast. cast. But another character, another actor I thought would have been great, but then I forgot that he's already attached to the Sony universe was Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to be Morbius. He is Morbius. And I looked at it because, like, you would need someone in their late 40s to be Harry or to be uh, Norman. So he's established. He's got a kid, younger kid. Jared Leto's like 50. He's like 52. Is he really? He's older. Yeah, he's, he's. I thought he was in like his early forties. He ages so well though. Like he's got like the the facial structure he's of Adonis. The, he's Morbius, the living vampire. Yeah, he's certainly not the Joker. But that that's my point with the, the um, Spider-Man stuff. I don't even know how the hell we got onto this. What are we talking about? <laughs> we, you were you oh, went, the Green Lantern. You went on Tom Green Cruise. Lantern, and then we went on a huge tangent. Well, that's where we're at. But so Tom Cruise is out as Green Lantern for now. If Chuck has his way, he's going to come back. And he's going to party, and he's going to rock the ring, and he may or may not die. So we'll stay tuned to the Active Geek podcast to find out if we're yeah. going to talk about it. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about another person named Jack Ryan, a fictional character named yes. Jack Ryan, played by several actors, but most recently 
a character who or an actor who belongs in the MCU, John Krasinski. Yeah. So this is our Jack Ryan preview. But before our preview for Amazon's Jack Ryan, we need to talk a little bit about the man who wrote Jack Ryan, mm-hmm. and that is Tom Clancy, yeah. who R.I.P. died in 2013. Very very sad. He wrote like seven billion novels. Yeah. Like tons of novels. He's a he's a world class scholar. Fun fact about Tom Clancy. So I met Tom Clancy. Did you? In 2012, right at the end of 2012. So he was starting to get sick around then. He died in uh, 2013, I believe, in September uh, at 66. But I was working at a place um, that provided shaving equipment for uh, for gentlemen. I think you did tell me that. So set the scene. I work for a shaving booth, right? I'm not a barber. I sell straight razors and all shaving product. Full beard working there against yeah. company rules, right? I only I only worked there because one they paid phenomenally for a part time job, and two I got to wear a suit every day, yeah. which come on, that's awesome. It was like a super suit, like not like a onesie, but like a, a nice little express suit. I like fit an express back then. But anyway, I'm ringing up this old man, and I'm like, well, the main thing is you have to get their name, and their email for their to sign on, right? You know, you work in retail, so I'm like, what's your name? He's like, uh, my last name's Clancy, first name Thomas. And like I look at him for a second, and I'm like, "That's just a that's a really weird coincidence." And I just look at him again, and like I pretended that the computer wasn't working, and I Googled him so I could see his <laughs> face. And I'm like, "While the computer loads uh, loads your information, are you happen like do you happen to be the writer Tom Clancy?" And he's like, "Yes." And I was like, I just walked around and shook his hand, and I said, "Thank you for Rainbow Six," and just walked away. Gave him his receipt, and on his way, he went. Never saw him again. He's dead now, but I never saw him again. It was one of the most surreal experiences I have. That's awesome. I have some stories about Tom Clancy's books, but did you ever read any of his books? You're not a big reader. No. We've established that on the podcast. You're not a big reader. Did you read any of his seven trillion books? No, I did not. The only one, like, kind of books that I got into like that was the Clive Cussler novels by, there was The Dark Pit. Yeah, um, but no, I've I've never read the Tom Clancy. My first experience with Tom Clancy was the Rainbow Six game, the video games. Yeah, the That's, video game. I'm pretty sure everyone our age that was their first, uh, or well, maybe Hunt for Red October, like that might have been the first. Experience I came out in 1990. To, yeah, that but might have been the first experience. The Tom, Tom Clancy Rainbow 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 Six video game came out in 1999. Yeah, on PS1. So I was like prime video game age teenager, um, and that's how I knew of Tom Clancy but no I did not read any of the books yeah most people didn't know he wrote books for, for a long minute because the they time. they uh, they made these video games but for me I read Rainbow Six the entire book um, I played the video games like you said 99 was I was 12 so PS1 I don't think I had PS1 but I, I, I had means and then my grandfather was really really like super into Tom Clancy he had all the books like on the top like we would go like there's the bathroom in the house and he had a trash can that little press top, like those old school like Dixie tra- uh, trash cans, you press the pop, boop, pop up, but you put like all your shit on it. Like there was nothing in the trash can. It was just always like hand towels and books and Reader's Digest and crossword puzzles, all of grandparents stuff. Every new Tom Clancy book was there. So like every time I went in there to take a poop, I'm flipping through the pages. So I've looked through all the pages of every book from like 94 to 2012, or not 2012, 2006 maybe, around there. So I've, I've read skims, skims of, uh, of these books. I've read bits and pieces of them, but not, I don't know, it's not my, my genre. Like, I'm not a big spy, espionage kind of guy, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. What do you think of the character of Jack Ryan? I actually like his story a lot because it's not this brooding, like, macho character. He's a smart guy. Like, yeah, he was in the military, but he wasn't... He wasn't this James Bond, Ethan Hunt character. And he used his wits more than anything. Yeah, I mean, he spanned 21 novels, which is crazy. All of which you've never read. I think the last Tom Clancy game, or not Tom Clancy, because I believe three other writers started writing mm-hmm. these Jack Ryan stories after uh, Tom Clancy died with the approval of the estate. But for me, Jack Ryan is like one of the most evolved characters. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, he was in the military, but this is a guy who was kind of like bred to be where he's at like he started as a son of a, a uh, what a registered nurse and a police officer right yeah. in baltimore 
and then moved his way into the military, then got a CIA job, then he's like the Department of Treasury's uh, like head, then he's the vice president, and then he goes to the presidency. Like he's one of the most evolved characters ever, and like to me, he's essentially America's James Bond. You know what I mean? He's not techie, like you said, that was a good point. But like I don't know, he's I don't know, he's kinda like James Bond. But also like what you didn't not a, like how he evolved. He was he, he's a doctor. Yeah, well, I mean that's evolution. You just branch out. Yeah. He he's got his doctorate in history and after he got in the military, he was a stockbroker. Yeah, you kind of shaped that like he was like working on people's bodies. Like you're just like he's a doctor. He's a doctor because in every movie was like Dr. Ryan. Dr. He's got Ryan. a doctorate in history. He's it's not like doctor. he's running out there saying, "Let me operate on like you're at a restaurant and somebody has a heart attack. They're like, is there anybody a doctor around here? I'm a doctor of history. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> he still got his doctor. Oh, my God. So does Charles Barkley. Does he? Yeah, like from the University of Phoenix. Yeah, but does it? He can still say he's got his doctorate. Yeah, but doctorate. that's his honorary degree. No, yeah, but he might have been an honorary doctorate of history. Yeah, well, he's becoming the president, Chuck. How's he got time to go to school? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you, well, like, do you agree that he's the, essentially Bond? No, I don't. Okay, so equivalent to another character, who is Jack Ryan? Because, like, we're going to talk about characters that, like, I kind of ranked him with. You know yeah. what I mean? Who's the closest one to him? Is he a Jason Bourne? It's it's really tough because I would, I would say more Ethan Hunt than anything. Okay. Because. About the same height. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, I mean, he's been played by fairly tall men. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe he's not small. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but. Um, so Ethan Hunt. If I had a clear, I don't think he's a lot like Ethan. I don't think he's Ethan Hunt at all. But I don't think he's a James Bond. What about like a Jack Reacher? Yeah. See, that's tough too because Jack Reacher is more hard-nosed and like get shit done. Like he'll yeah. kick your ass to where like Jack Ryan really doesn't fight. What about Amy Adams in uh Batman versus Superman. Perfect. Or Jimmy Olsen in Batman versus Superman, where he just goes right to what uh, Somalia and then dies <laughs> like immediately. It's <laughs> the quickest Jimmy but Olsen. He's like, I'm in. It's I, to me like I don't think he's the James because like James Bond was like suave and debonair and had all this tech and all that and like Jack Reacher is a very smart guy. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. There's so many Jacks and Jims. <laughs> it's gonna be confusing. I get it. But Jack Ryan is a family man. Yeah. And. Like, to me, he's the farthest away from James Bond. Well, strip that away. Strip the family and strip the tech away. They're both hired guns, essentially. James Bond works for a bigger organization, right? And he's tasked with doing X, Y, and Z. Jack Ryan works for a bigger organization, and he's tasked with doing X, Y, and Z. If you strip down the tech, like, they all have the the latest tech. You know what I mean? Because you're sending your best recruit out into the field, whether it's American or British. You're getting the best cars, the Mm -hmm. best guns, and everything. Strip that down, and it comes down to strategic strategicism, I guess. That's not even a fucking word. Strip it down, and you, you talk about planning, right? Jack Ryan and James Bond, they check off all the same boxes. One wears a bulletproof vest and a button-up shirt. The other one wears a tuxedo. You know what I'm saying? So that when I say, is he America's Bond, I think he's the closest thing to America's Bond. Or would you say Kay Jaeger from the Transformers franchise is oh. the closest? Or Dominic Toretto? Now, if, I think Ethan Hunt is the closest. Really? Thing. Yeah. I don't know, because Ethan Hunt's a teamster. Bond traditionally has a couple people, but like he's not going in the field with 17 see, people. See, Ryan, to me, where he uses his wits, and he, like, he won't use his fist. Bond will. Yeah, he doesn't have to use his fist. He, has to use, he can use a gun. Just pow-pow. Bye-bye. But Ryan really doesn't use a gun. Come on. Ryan goes out there and will kill people if he has to. Not, not President Ryan. Not <laughs> President you know, Jack Ryan, but... I mean, that would be cool if he's running out there, like, just shooting people. But in, in, you know, I'm, I don't know the books, but I'm going from the movies. Yeah. But, like, Alec Baldwin, he was like, oh, here's a gun. He was like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. And then in Clear and Present Danger, the only action Jack Ryan got, he fought the Colombian guy, and the guy, like, for three seconds, and then a bunch of wood fell on him. And what's crazy about that is he, wasn't he a Marine? Yes. What's the, like, Marines use guns. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, and listen, I'm not a military man. You're not a military man. No. But I feel like you have to be cross-trained in pretty much a lot, of, a lot of things to become a Marine. 
And for Alec Baldwin to get pussy fingers where they give him a gun, he's like, oh, no, I can't shoot anything. I've never done this before. Or it's like, that's my Alex Southern Alec Baldwin impression. But I feel like they bitched him up in that movie. That was what? Um, Hunt for Red October. October. Yeah. They bitched him up in that. Yeah. I mean... I'm afraid of guns. You're a Marine. But all the... Ryan, You're supposed to be a leatherneck. The only Ryan... Jack Ryan that kind of was more of a James Bond-like... Shadow Recruit. Was Shadow Recruit. Yeah. It's even and, got the name in it, right? Like, yeah. Like, that was more... Like, in the first ten minutes, he's kicking some guy's ass. Right. And all of the other Jack Ryans, like I said, the only fight he got in was in Clear and Present Danger. That's true. When... Bunch of wood fell on the dude, and he won. That's true. And, like, Shadow Shadow Recruit was, like, nobody knew who Jack Ryan was at that point. Like, it came out, what, like, 2015? And it was, like, here, Jack Ryan's back. And they're, like, who? Oh, it's Chris Pine. He's coming in. Like, you know, Jack Reacher, Jack Ryan, Jason Bourne. We're going to throw all the J's in there. And, boop, there you go. Yeah, it was 2014. And I seen it in theaters. And I rewatched it. It's a bad I didn't movie. remember any of it. It's a bad movie. I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, I don't remember this. And I knew I seen it in theaters. You know what the problem is? Kevin Costner. Nah. He, well, no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not saying Kevin Costner is a bad actor. What I'm saying is Kevin Costner is a cursed actor. Every movie that he's in is supposed to be like the biggest movie ever, and it does great on DVD and TV. You know what I'm saying? Batman vs. Superman. Right? He was in that for a minute, right? Yeah. So they're like, oh, Bubba. no, he wasn't in that, wasn't he? No, he died in Man of Steel. Still, Man of Steel. Supposed to be a big, the epic Superman movie. Kind of was like a, eh, people are like on the fence with it. Then you got like, wasn't he in Waterworld? Yeah. No, not, not good at all. I actually like that. Oh my God. Well, you're going to do a Waterworld podcast, like where you're just sitting in a baby pool with the mics around you. He was actually offered the role of Jack Ryan in Hunt for Red October. Okay. And he turned it down to do Dancing with Wolves. Which served him pretty well. That's a good one. I, I That's probably my favorite Kevin Costner movie. I know. Mine's probably Field of Dreams. Well, that's also, a, that's a top two. You know what I mean? That's 1A, 1B. Yeah. I like Wolves, and I love baseball, though. Dances with Wolves in the Field of, of Dreams? Oh, my God. <laughs> Mash that up right now. We're in reboot culture. We can do it. So we've kind of talked about the movies a little bit, but for our listeners who may not know the Jack Ryan movies, you got Hunt for Red October, which was Alec Baldwin, as before mentioned, mm-hmm. that made $200.5 million. That's pretty good. Yep. Back in, what, 1990? Yep. It's good money. Then you got the Patriots game, uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, which had Harrison Ford take over as Jack Ryan. It is like, movie-wise, he is like Bond. Different actor for you know for different roles. Patriot Games made $178 million, while uh, Clear and Present Danger made the most, which was $215.9 million. I never even heard of Clear and Present Danger. To be 100% honest with you, I'm doing this list, and I'm like, I don't even know what that movie is. Never even heard of it. I watched it the other day. Is it any good? Um, oh, that's why you know all about the fucking Colombian dying. <laughs> you fucking cheated. How am I cheated? You texted me and said, do I need to watch the movie? I'm like, no. I did anyway. Um, no, I actually remember watching those with my dad, but like, I don't remember any of them, so I rewatched them. Yeah. Um, the only ones I remember, I remember the Sum of All Fears. That was the only one I remember. Yeah, I know. Like I can remember that one. That's but a crazy I, one. Um, but I watched that one too. But uh, yeah, Clear and Present Danger. It was all right. Willem Dafoe's in it. Is Clear and Present Danger worth being statistically the best Jack Ryan movie? Um, or would Patriot Games be the best Jack Ryan movie? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes wise? No, no, no. I'm talking your. My opinion? Your professional opinion, Chuck, as um, a podcast. Clear and Present Danger is probably the best one. Really? Yeah. I knew every movie but the best one? Yeah. Oh, Christ. I mean, honestly, because of the cast, like, one, you have James Earl Jones. Yeah. I mean, he was in the first three anyway. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe, though. Yeah. But was he, he wasn't huge back then, was he? No, was, but he was, That was, like, the jump. But he was a pretty big character. In yeah. Um, he played, like, a... Uh, Played another guy who fought the Colombians that wasn't afraid of guns. Joe Ryan, (laughs) his brother. He was a badass. Of course he was. It's Willem Dafoe. He was a badass. Um, But the movie was pretty good. Okay, we're going to move away from that movie since I haven't seen it and you're saying it's the best. The Sum of All Fears was the next reboot of Jack Ryan uh, with Ben Affleck, Batman. Uh, That made $193.9 million. And then Shadow Recruit, Jack Ryan, uh, with Chris Pine, was the worst producing uh, had the worst uh, run in the box office, which 135.5 million total. And there's a trend, kind of, when 
someone else takes the mantle, it kind of dips. Mm-hmm. You know, it started with, you know, Alec was was huge in the 90s. The first one. So 200 mil is, is great. Then you take Harrison Ford, that dips almost 30 mil. Then you go back up and then you're at like 45 mil that you're, you're eclipsing uh, plus. And then it dips again, another 30, and then it dips 60. And it might have been a little too... Like it was what two thousand four to two thousand fourteen with Jack Ryan. That's ten years. That's a big, big gap for a reintroduction to a character. That's a whole different kind of generation that you're getting to latch on to Jack Ryan. That was the biggest gap because that's like our generation latching yeah. on to Jack Ryan. Because originally, like Harrison Ford was giving Hunt for Red October, yeah, and he turned it down mainly because he thought it was more about Sean Connery, yeah, which I really feel that movie was. I mean, you look at the cover. And it, Sean Connery's huge Scottish head is, like, right in the front. It's like, hello. Yeah. And so they gave it to Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And then Alec Baldwin turned down Patriot Games, and, of course, they got that. So that was all right. But then, like you said, they went from Harrison Ford down to Ben Affleck. That was an eight-year gap. Yeah. That was also pretty big. Yeah. And, you know, they went with a younger actor. And then, they were, like, to me, those three movie four movies were similar yeah to where shadow recruit was like a whole new reboot yeah you could say that the first four were like a, a universe like a well, like a friend like a an epic the shadow recruit was like oh you're you're a new trainee shadow Recruit was actually the only movie not based on the book yeah so they just were like oh we're actually i was reading and this is why it could have failed the writer wrote this movie not as a jack ryan movie and then the the studio went hey we'll buy it but add Jack Ryan. Who was it? John Woo? I don't know who it was. Well, to think about it. This is also the first Jack Ryan story to come out post Tom Clancy's death. Yeah. Died in 13. This movie comes out in 14. So you really didn't have the creator of that character to say, no, Jack Ryan wouldn't say that. He wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I wonder like, if Tom Clancy, listening to us now from another world, is saying, why did you say Jack Ryan had pussy fingers when he held a gun? He's a Marine. He's afraid of guns. I don't, I don't get it. The only thing I liked about Shadow Recruit that it actually showed his beginning of him in the military for a brief second. Yeah, that was good. None of the other ones. But Tom Clancy said um, before he died, out of the three Ryans that he's seen, his favorite was uh, Ben Affleck. Really? He thought he captured the character the most. Some of All Fears was was really good. That's probably my favorite of the, the five. It, it Yeah. Probably because that's the first Jack Ryan movie I saw independently. It wasn't like I watched Patriot Games when it was on like TNT or like T. What was it? What did it used to be? TNN. Remember that when it was now it's Paramount. I used to watch it on that, and it was all commercials. You didn't really get the same movie. Like again, I was kind of my was restricted from seeing restricted movies until I turned seventeen. It was kind of weird. My parents were like, "You can watch Ninja Turtles as your first movie, and you can watch Chucky sometimes, but God forbid you watch anything about spies." So maybe that's where my like real life movies like I'm like oh back away, but it, maybe that's my favorite. But when we talk about the character Jack Ryan, right? We've we've alluded to this. A lot of J's are about to be dropped right now. How does Jack Ryan, in your terms, Chuck, stack up with similar characters like a Jack Bauer, Ethan Hunt, James Bond, Jason Bourne, Jack Reacher, John Wick? These characters, how? Lot, lot of J's in yeah. like strong, powerful male roles, right? Like when you're writing, it's like I want a strong male. I'll give him a J name. Let's give him James, like myself. It, it's it's perfectly. It's like a suit. It's like a John Wick suit that I'm wearing right now, James Wick. I, but I sell candles. <laughs> Could <Can> you imagine? <laughs> We're gonna get my brother James. He works at Yankee Candle. And you want a nerdy guy? We'll name it C. Chuck. Yeah, let's give Chuck. Chuck's the guy in the chair. He's, yeah. Chuck's an awful name. Chuck is a great name. Whenever you think of Chuck in a in a movie, I think exactly it's, either, it's either a jock or a hillbilly. I don't think they're jocks. No, I, I usually think of like more of like a nerdy character, like a techie guy. I don't think it's bad. It fits your look. Think about it. You are kind of a techie guy because you're working with machines. You're working with like the the technology of building new things like that. Yeah. It fits your role. Me, I'm a badass motherfucking assassin. <laughs> James Delulo, right here. Daddy's home. It's awesome. It, it could have been worse. You could have been called Cade. Cade Yeager. Cade Yeager Miller. I think I've got to change my name to it. Yeah, and then start a country drug band. I see. So, so let's, get, let's go to the rankings. Where does Jack Ryan stack up with these characters? Like, is he better than some, or is he, like, kind of 
below ranks because he's afraid of guns. <laughs> I, th- I think he's below ranks because I look at it as more of a badass factor. I don't think John... John, I keep saying... Jack Ryan is a badass. Listen, I told you, it's going to be confusing. There's going to be a lot of name slip-ups. I don't think Jack Ryan is a badass. I think he's a great character. Yeah. And I think he's a very smart character. But in badass okay. I don't think he, he stacks up well. Um, if I had to rank him... Yeah. Uh, with the ones... I didn't put Wick on there because I've forgotten you didn't... Yeah, well, yeah, I just said etc. But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> you James, can't rank etc. <laughs> so, like, James Bond, Ethan Hunt, Jason Bourne, Jack Ryan... Jack Bauer. Okay, you know, we're kind of on the same same page, but um, I put Wick number one. I think Wick, he kind of redefined that solo, badass action star. You know what I mean? He's got to be number one. Right? If if you, if I thought of Wick, he would be my number one. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, then Ethan Hunt, then James Bond, because you know where I stand with James Bond. Then I'd go Bourne, Ryan, Bauer, Reacher. Yeah, I would put Jack Reacher. I think Reacher just puts himself in like some stupid situations, like that diner scene. Like, I get how badass you are, and you're fighting people in the diner, but like, just get out. Like, just go. And Jason Bourne, like, the Tom from Galaxy Wars podcast, available every Monday, got into like a Twitter argument over like John Wick and Jason Bourne, who's better. You did tell me about that, and it was amazing just watching this unfold between like Tom and a bunch of strangers. I'm siding with Tom because I think John Wick, like I said, reinvented what action is now. That solo action and like Jason Bourne kind of got boring for me. And like and we to- you and I had talked about this last week. I think that's when I told you about it. Mm-hmm. Jason Bourne got kind of boring to me and it was the same story like regurgitated for me. It's all about Treadstone, right? That's actually getting a series. Really? Treadstone. I don't know how I feel about that. About the company, not about Jason Bourne. But there's going to be people doing Bourne-like stuff. And one of the guys who is uh, writing it wrote episode six of Castle Rock, the most recent, well, the last episode, the episode seven is out now, uh, Mark Bernardin. Okay. He's a comic book writer. He's like Kevin Smith's like co-host on Fat Man on Batman, that podcast. But I, I, I'm going to put John Wick there because what he has done for action and what he's done for like stunt work and like actors going into their roles is crazy because he learned how to do everything. And Keanu is somebody I'd put on, like, the Mount Rushmore people I want to be my best friend. Because he just seems like a normal dude. He does. And you, I think you either were talking about this on the episode last week or we were talking about it. You, he reinvented himself twice. Yeah, he really has. He went from, like, the stoner comedies to Matrix. Yeah. And then he kind of fizzled out and he did romantic comedies and here and there. And then he did John Wick. Yeah, he did The Lake House. That's the romantic comedy that you're alluding to, right? He's got another one coming out. It's uh, Destination Wedding. I'm going to watch it. With Winona Ryder. He's got another another movie coming out this month, I believe, this upcoming week, called Replicas. I did A sci-fi that. movie, uh, which, if it's in any theaters around here, I'm 100% going, because I am in love with Keanu Reeves' uh, new stuff. And not not to mention, I love his old stuff, too. He's a, one of my favorite actors. But let's jump back in time. This is as we do in most of our episodes. September 22nd. Uh, 2015, they announced that Paramount is uh, coming out with a Jack Ryan television series by two showrunners, one of which, when I googled his name, I was like, holy crap, this guy's resume is deep and successful. And that's Carlton uh, Cuse. Let's start trying again. And that's Carlton Cuse. Did you read his resume? No, I didn't. All right, so I'm going to hit you with this. He He knows television. He was a co-showrunner on Lost with uh, Damon Lindelof. Created and showrunned, uh, showran Bates Motel. He was showrunner for The Strained. Showrunner for The Returned. Co-creator and showrunner of The Colony. That Josh Hollowell show. Now he's going to be working with Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, for his IDW adapt, uh, comic adaption of Lock and Key from Netflix. He also wrote San Andreas with The Rock, and he rewrote Rampage. And he helped develop Lethal Weapon 2, 3, and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. This guy's known how to make hits. Yeah, right? Because I watched Lost. Great. Yeah. Colony's really good. Bates Motel. Bates Motel's great. Um, Didn't you watch The Strain? First season. Yeah, but but you liked it. The first season was really good, but I think at the time I was watching so much, and it happened with a lot of shows, yeah. I had to give up stuff, and that was one of them. Um, but I heard of The Returned. I've heard of it. Yeah, I never watched it. And Lock and Key sounds fucking dope have you watched colony oh yeah me and you want we started watching it at the same time i didn't watch the new season yet no 
I'm what's in episode uh, season three, right? Yeah. I'm like one and a half seasons in. Again, it was one of those shows that I had to give up for mm-hmm. like Runaways and Happy. But it's really good. It is good and it's creative and it's grounded, but it's dark. It gives you that human element. Like that's this whole thing. Like he he's able to tell human stories, and he's telling a very human story about the evolution of a very prolific character named Jack Ryan. But he's also going to be joined by Graham Roland, whose resume isn't as big and deep as Carlton Cuse, but he's a writer for Prison Break. He wrote the final season of Lost, and he's wrote uh, written for Fringe, and he was a co-producer for Almost Human. Remember Almost Human? I I, I like that. It was that Carl Urban, right? And Michael Carl Eli? Ar- yeah, I like that show. I watched it. It was a shame it got canceled. It was a very creative, uh, but it's a Fox show. We make know. A- uh, Minka, Minka Kelly. Kelly, yeah, yeah, Minka Kelly, mm-hmm. um, and then he was a co-producer on The Return, so he knows Carlton. They work well together. It's really, 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 really can't stress how really I'm excited for this show. Like, I think it's going to have a lot of uh, explosions, number one, but it's going to have a lot of emotion and a lot of story. You know what I mean? I think these guys are really going to capture it. When it was announced, Chuck, uh, what did you think? I was on board because I like the story of Jack Ryan, and I've seen the movies before. And I was like, all right, I can get on board with this. Um, and then I seen that I didn't know Carlton Cuse or Graham mm-hmm. Roland, but they are working with Platinum Dunes. Yeah. So when you said explosions. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Who's also, whose Platinum Dunes company is also releasing the new door, the Explorer reboot. I did see that. Did you also see that Michael Bay was like forced to come on Twitter and say, I am not part of the Door of the Explorer reboot. (laughs) So there won't be a lot of explosions out of that backpack. I mean, it's his company, and there's so many working cogs in it. Mm -hmm. Um, He just signs the checks. And because they released a still Door of the Explorer, and I was like, it's the girl from um, last night. Yeah. You know what's funny? There is a – I don't usually give plugs on of of other Instagrams, but – the party nerds um we i've seen them at cosplays they're new jersey uh, guys and gals they posted a, a picture of isabella monaire as uh dora right and it swiped over and it was like first thing people do when after seeing this picture google how old is isabella monaire and it was like 17 years old and then it was another swipe of like somebody getting raided by the fbi it was it was a very funny uh funny gif and uh I did not have that reaction because uh, you and I had talked about her age on our last night episode, so I was well prepared to not be pervy. You were excited. Yeah. Now, did it re- did it quell your excitement when it was announced that it was going to be on Amazon? No. I mean, I think they have more freedom to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of Amazon shows. I think the only Amazon show I ever watched was The Tick. Yeah. But I know it's like Netflix where they have freedom. It's not on a TNT. It's yeah. not on a... Um, USA. Yeah, something like that where they have restrictions. They kind of have free range. So I was like, sweet, a new version of Jack Ryan. Okay, who are you going to cast? Exactly. Uh, what network do you think this would have been on? Because I'm thinking USA or NBC. This would have fit perfectly on those. Or TNT. I could see TNT. Yeah, they know drama. And this is I 100% could see t- drama. Because I can kind of see, like, not that it's any type, but the cinematography and way it's shot is Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... How that is kind of I could see that working with the um, Jack Ryan. Yeah, exactly. I can see that's their whole tone. You had a perfect segue to our next point, and I completely ruined it. But I was one hundred percent on board. I just needed to know who they would cast too. And honestly, I wouldn't have been upset if Chris Pine returned. But we know Chris Pine is becoming a megastar at this point. He's in the DC universe. We don't know what's happening with the Star Trek universe. So, we did a Galaxy Wars episode where we talked about the future of Star Trek. And I'm like, oh, Chris Pine's going to come back for episode four. Chris Hemsworth's going to come back for uh, story four. And both of them dropped out within a day after me posting that episode. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm fucked. Yeah, I noticed that because I, <laughs> I kind of was like, oh, that sucks. Because I listened to it the day you posted yeah. it. And then like, yeah, you a day or two later, I seen it on Instagram. I was like, well. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Like, I follow Simon Pegg on everything, right? And he has become, like, the unofficial spokesperson for the Star Trek universe. And, like, every week he's saying something. And I'm, like, I'm riding on it because he's part of this. You know, he's part of that universe. And then it's wrong. <laughs> he's trolling me. I don't know if he's trolling me. But did you have anybody in particular that you wanted to play Jack Ryan? Or were you with me when you were like, Chris Pine could, you know, maybe let's see what he does on a television series. Well, I know Chris Pine, when the movie came out shortly after, they asked would you do a sequel? And he said, I don't think it made enough money. I want to see what they do next. And he was, 
yeah, that was that's, an a, that's a super prima donna move. That well, no, he said he they don't think he'll make a sequel with him because it didn't make enough money. Oh, so they didn't want him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you made it, it sound it, like he was like no, Fuck no, no, you no. Guys. And and I, you'll have to read this little uh, blurb that he that I read because it was actually make him seem real humble. Okay. Because he was like, I really like the character, and I would be interested to see what they can do with him. Yeah, I never thought Chris Pine was a douche. No, and I. And if I came off that way, I'm dude, sorry. you had me so worried. I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> but, hate Chris Pine. But now. no, it said he was like, I don't think they're gonna make a sequel with me because it didn't make enough money. Okay, okay. and that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, I would like to see. I hope they continue the franchise. But he never. I guess he didn't think it was gonna be a TV show. But when it was announced, you're gonna give me shit for this. No, no. The person that I could see. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Ryan Phillippe. Not bad. I, th- he wasn't doing anything. At, uh, well, he was doing what? Shooter, right? No. At the time, it was just when, after uh, Secrets and Lies came out. And I was like, all right, that show was really good. What show? Secret and Lies. It was an ABC show. Oh. It was a murder mystery. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. With him and uh, Jennifer Lewis. It's a show I never watched. Yeah. It was actually really good. Yeah. And after that, I said, I can see him being Jack Ryan. Well, shortly after that, he got... Bob Lee Swagger and Shooter. Yeah. First season was good. Second season, I gave up on it. But yeah, that's what USA kind of does with their shows. It sucks. Yeah. So I, um, I my pick at the time right. was Ryan Phillippe. Not a bad pick. You know, he was he can he fits the mold. Like he, you know, he looks like somebody who could have played a soldier at one point, who he, probably wouldn't have been afraid of guns. He played a soldier in several movies. Well, I know, but you know, not I'm saying like not in his roles, but like I'm saying like he would fit that mold. I. I'm going to play forthcoming with this, but I thought John Krasinski would have been dope after Benghazi. You know, after I saw that movie, when, when we he left Jim and became John, truly became John, like the buff-bearded beast of a man that he became, become, I'm like, I want him for action, for everything. And I was like, you know, Chris Pine would have been great, and he would have been my first get, but John Krasinski is not a bad get, one, 100%. What do you think about uh, Jay Kras being uh, cast it? Now, the only... The only thing I've ever seen with John Krasinski's, I've never watched. Oh my office. god! Please don't say "License to Wed." Are you gonna say "License to Wed"? "License to Wed." Oh my god! And it's complicated. Oh my god! With Alec Baldwin, who oh was Jack Ryan. Oh my god! But yes, the in- only thing you saw him in was with Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore and Meryl Streep. Oh my god! Uh, Robin Williams was in License to Wed. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. But that's not going to solidify how great that movie is. I didn't say it was great, but the, I, saw, I saw that movie too. The, the only because I didn't watch The Office. If I seen anything in The Office, it was you know a few minutes here and there. I've never seen a full episode, so I've never seen John Krasinski in anything except those two movies. So I was like, okay. But when it was announced, uh, Thirteen Soldiers were already out, but I didn't see it yet. Mm. So when they announced that he got it, I rented it. Yeah, he. How amazing was he in that movie? He reinvented himself. Yeah, you want to talk transformation? My dude went from my stature, like tall, lanky, kind of trolly looking dude, to a fucking god. He became an Adonis. Yeah, he was. I want to go from Jim to John. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then go to Jack because I want to be Jack uh, Ryan now. So when they did that, like as soon as they announced him, I think like that week I went out and rented. I red boxed thirteen hours, and I was like, okay. I'm on board. Yeah. And then Quiet Place, I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Phenomenal. Yeah, dude, you were late to the party with I know, that. I was really late. Really? You texted me in June. You're like, hey, did you see a Quiet Place? I was like, I've been talking about that movie since it came out, how it was my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. It was It was great. Um, That's going to win an Oscar. You think so? I think for, like, best original screenplay, I think it could. And honestly, I haven't seen a lot of these, like, Oscar bait movies, and most of them haven't been out, haven't come out until, like, December or whatever. Emily Blunt should be nominated for sure. And, and he should be nominated for Best Director because he told a story based on an original story, right? Pretty much a silent movie. And it was gripping. And, like, it captured, like, everything that it was until the end when they're like, oh, we're going to do a sequel. It was dumb. But everything that it was, was it made you not want to leave the theater. You know what I'm saying? Chelsea's watched it, like, 37 times. I swear to God, like, she watched it, then went to the theaters again and saw it while I was at work one night. Like, she loves this movie. So good. When Go see A Quiet Place if you haven't seen it. See, what I think is he – the movie had a lot of say, but there was no words. Yeah. Like, the story was phenomenal and how he crafted this 
story without really talking. Yeah. And the children were great. Yeah. That, I got mad at them a lot. Yeah. Well, you don't have. Well, first of all, they were a stupid couple to even have unprotected sex. And like, have, come on, you're gonna have a baby in this weird ass world. Like, come on, pull. Don't do the push and pray. Do the pull and squirt. That's the method. Method you need. Pull and squirt. But. <laughs> But that's what I was like. The, I, I text you. I was getting angry at the kids because yeah. I was like, "You can't have kids in the apocalypse." But that girl Millicent, I don't know her last name, but she was amazing mm-hmm. as uh, as playing a, a deaf young girl who is absolutely she's actually deaf. Yeah. Uh, but she was fantastic in this movie. And this isn't a quiet place movie. This is a John Krasinski movie. So on board or off board? Oh, I am a hundred percent on. Like I was on board with uh, when I seen Thirteen Hours. Yeah. But. I'm all in after I've seen Quiet Place. Dude, that could be a prequel to Jack Ryan, 13 Hours. Okay. I he, no, not Quiet Place. He, that, that's the, the, the far down the line sequel. Um, you know, he comes in and, like, he leaves Benghazi and comes right in and they're like, all right, Jack, we need you to do this. Like, that would be a pretty cool, like, but it's not going to happen. You know what they totally did is, like, because for a while he's had this gnarly beard. Yeah. And they were like, you're CIA analyst gotta shave that no man that's the thing he needs that beard but that's the thing i think it made him more nerdy not have because he was like badass looking with that beard yeah. and then without the beard he looks like a pencil pusher yeah yeah i get it i get it and we've seen all these stills and the trailers come out and um san diego comic-con they had the, the trailer and then we actually got word of like how good the first episode was when we were at new york comic-con uh but we couldn't even get in like that was like that was the biggest I guess draw the day that we were there and I know we went to the line and it was already being cut off like halfway through so that was one of the things that we wanted to see and then we said you know what we can't do it let's go halfway across the city we'll go to Madison Square Garden and we'll watch the Star Trek Discovery panel which was also very very cool so I'm on board with John Krasinski and then I was like all right what's the cast gonna look like and we got a pretty good cast a lot of people I've never even heard of a lot of names that I'm going to have a horrible time pronouncing, but let's start with uh, Wendell Pierce, uh, who's from Suits, Selma, The Wire. He's playing a man named James Greer. He looks like a superior. Right? He's That's pl- who James Earl Jones was. Mm-hmm. Then you got John Hogan-Natter, who plays Matisse, and the only thing I recognized him from was Chicago Fire, just from the commercials. Abby Cornish is the only other name before, like, of the main cast that I knew. Um, and she's Kathy Moeller, and she's from Sucker Punch. She plays Sweet Pea, and she's been in a ton of stuff. Her sister tried to be Crystal from The Inhumans. That didn't work. Then here we go with the names I can't pronounce. Uh, Ali Suleiman, who is playing Suleiman, uh, who is an Islamic activist. Then you got Dinah Shahabi playing Hani, who is Suleiman's wife. I'm um, thinking also an Islamic activist. Two names that I do recognize, Peter Fonda. Uh, is playing Joe Mueller, who is uh, Kathy's father. And we got Timothy Hutton, who's playing Singer. He's a CIA director. Uh, we got Mina Masald playing uh, Tarek Kassar, who is Ryan's friend. That's These are official yeah. uh, titles for these guys. And then we got Al Sapienza playing uh, Lieutenant General Marcus Trent, the Associate Director for Military Affairs. Um, do you know any of these people? Besides, uh, like, uh, the first three? Yeah, Abby Cornish, Wendell Pierce, Peter Fonda, Timothy and, Hutton. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm uncertain on the rest of them. But they they did a good job casting. They look like actors and actresses. I mean, that's I haven't seen them. Like, that's the... So up until we get to Peter Fonda, up until Dinah Shahabi, they are the, the main cast for season one. So a lot of, like, it's going to focus on these characters. And then you get the recurring characters like Peter Fonda, Timothy Hutton, uh, Mina and Al. They're the recurring characters. Season two is shaping up to be even they're adding a bigger name, but we're gonna talk about that in a minute. What do you think about the current cast? Um I'm fine with it. You know, like John Krasinski is the biggest draw. Yeah. Of course. And I'm happy about that. Abby Cornish, I've seen a bunch of stuff she's in. I'm cool with that. Wendell Pierce always plays like a cop or some kind of Yeah. Military guy. I'm on board. Um Peter Fonda you know, legend. It's, yeah, it's Peter Fonda. And uh, Timothy Hutton, you know, from uh, Leverage and stuff like that. Yeah, he was just added to another show that I think I'm going to watch. I can't remember what it was, though. It makes for breaking news on the podcast. I can't remember the show, but it's a good cast. It is. It, it's and, a, you know, a lot of the names I don't know. Yeah. But, That's you know, the best thing, though, yeah. sometimes, where you don't know, and you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, someone can you watch this, and they blow you away. Yeah, like, think about when you were watching... 24 legacy right you didn't know who anna jop was 
And she was a good actress in that. And now she's going to go on and play Starfire. And she might be great at Starfire. She might kill it, despite what they did to her costume. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a little surprised in terms of the cast that they didn't add a bigger name. Like a, a bigger name than Abby Cornish. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking they were going to get like, you got John Krasinski, you're going to get probably get another big, like a big bad, right? With a big name as your big bad. But I'm fine with this cast. I'm, I'm ready to be shocked. I'm excited. It's coming out August 31st. It's something that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's definitely on my must-watch list. I don't know if it's going to go episodic. Um, I've never. I've watched The Tick, and I think that was streamed, right? It was. And then they had the first season break, and then it came back with the second half of the season, which was phenomenal. Did you finish The Tick? No, not yet. Oh, man, you got like half the season to watch, probably. I know. It's so good. It was great. Um, I, I'm wondering if this, if Amazon is strictly streaming or if it's going to go episodic, kind of like what Hulu's doing with Castle Rock. Because we know Netflix. That's just binge, 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 binge. Oh, not all Netflix. There was uh, one show um, that I was watching, and it was about uh, people dying uh, if they reached the age of 18. And it was it didn't last very long. It was episodic. It was starred the girl from um, iCarly. Yeah. Oh, Jeanette McCurdy? But that, that um, show, I forget what it was called. It was episodic. And... It, I don't think it even lasts a season. Well, maybe that's the problem. Like, so many people go to Netflix to binge things, and if you're not going to, like, if you have one episode and you're like, well, I want to see the next one, and oh, you got to wait a week. Fuck that. I'm going to watch something else with the girl from iCarly in it, you know, with Victoria Justice or whatever. Who, I don't know who played iCarly. Uh, Whoever, Miranda Cosgrove played yeah. iCarly. Great Good job, buddy. Too old to be knowing who played iCarly. But, you know, the, the premise of the show is exactly what a Jack Ryan show should be. Up-and-coming CIA analyst Jack Ryan is thrust into a dangerous field assignment as he uncovers the pattern. A, I'm sorry, as he uncovers a pattern in terrorist communication that launches him into the center of a dangerous gambit. It's very real world. It's very current. Um, it's very topical. That's the word I want to use. It's very topical. Are you on board with this? Now, this is technically a show that I wouldn't get excited for because I don't like the real world. I like to escape when I watch TV. That's why I don't watch Homeland. That's why I do. It wasn't Kevin Spacey that kept me away from watching House of Cards. It was the, the topic, and then I've seen every episode of House of Cards. But for this, like, I don't know. Maybe it's the actor. I'm, I follow all his stuff, so I want to see it. But is this something that, with this premise, you're like, yes, I'm deep-seated into it? Yeah, I'm totally on board with it because I do like the Jack Ryan movies and then the real world. Um, not everything, but like, you're not a war movie guy at all. Well, I'm getting there. Really? I've, I've seen a few. But I, I like that real-time drama. Listen, I saw Benghazi in theaters, and I saw American Sniper in theaters, and I saw Dunkirk in theaters. I watched that movie that had maybe four words in it in theaters, in IMAX. It was loud. It was hot in the theater. and It was like summer, and I was sweating so much. But I saw it, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, Dunkirk was good. I went out and bought Harry Styles' album after that. Oh, I wanted that. He was that. great. His, his new music is actually pretty good. It's very throwback. like very, very throwback. Listen to Kiwi. You'll like it. Right, promise. Okay. Promise. Good. Promise you'll like it. But, yeah, I'm on board because uh, after the footage, too, it, yeah. it looks great. It looks – there's not much I could say about it because it looks like – it doesn't look like any other Jack Ryan that we see. It looks like what it should be, right, based it, on the novel. Yes. That's what I was trying to get at. So over under, 100 explosions first episode. I was going to be like, first episode? Yeah. Over under, 100, 100 explosions. Under. I don't I, – Maybe one. Dude, I feel like Michael Bay is going to just throw his dick in the ring and say, Carlton, 200 explosions this first episode. Like, blow up every tanker on the highway. On 95, just blow them up. I don't even care. Like, drone attacks. I don't really think we're going to get that. I, I don't think, because after the footage and everything, they say nothing about Michael Bay. Yeah. They talk about the creator of Lost. Yeah, he's not even, like, associated with on the, the official wiki page. Mm -hmm. And I say official, like, I could be the official wiki writer for the show. But all right, another over-under. Over-under for the full season, 3,000 drones. <laughs> Might be a lot of drones. Every movie, like, every war show now is going to have drones in it. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking... I'm. I said 3,000. I'm digging over. I think they're... Listen, Domino's is creating hot spots all over the world where drones can deliver pizza. Jack Ryan's going to have a ton of drones. It's going to be a drone in an episode. And it's, a, and it's Amazon. They're going like, to have like Jeff Bezos with like flamethrowers, like the, the Elon Musk flamethrowers that he was selling for a hot minute. Everybody's going to drive a Tesla. 
how many Amazon Prime uh, references do you think we get? I think one in the first episode. Like he's sitting there, he's like, "Oh, do I buy this this gun holster on Prime?" And Jack Ryan's like, "No guns. I don't want guns." <laughs> if he does that, I'm off. I can turn the show off 100. percent Are you expecting anything that you haven't mentioned in the podcast from the series? Or are you just like, do you think this like? Some of these shows, we've talked about it, go too long with their episodes. Everything Marvel kind of goes a little too long. They go three episodes too long for me. And Castle Rock is kind of slow. Like, if you're not watching Castle Rock, I suggest watching it because Bill Skarsgård is going to blow your mind on how creepy this tall Swede is. But it's kind of slow to me. It's slow developing. And we're halfway through the season, and it's slow developing. This is going to have, I believe, nine to ten episodes. I think there's 18 confirmed so far for first season, second season. Do you think there's going to be an episode where you're like, I don't need this, like a flashback to Jack Ryan's childhood? I I don't know. I think it could. Um, but I think with the amount of episodes, you're thinking, I'm thinking eight or ten. Yeah. Um, for the first, I think there's ten in the first season. I think there's eight. Because- yeah, because I think it's weird that you have 18 total. You can't front load the first the first season and then say like oh, we're not confident that this is going to get 10 episodes the second season I think you only increase that right yeah. unless you're the defenders and you decrease everything I, I really because I was looking at IMDB and there were certain people there were just 8 episodes yeah so I'm thinking it's 8 yeah um, 8 is not a big number I think uh, I don't think it should have any fillers am I about to hit the breaking news button 8 is not a big number <laughs> breaking news I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not a huge amount of episodes. Yes, you're right. Um, compared- small number, big amount of or small, or small number, small amount of episodes. I got you. So you're looking at like what the Marvel does with the Netflix stuff, 13. Mm-hmm. That's five extra episodes. That's, like you said, sometimes there's fillers. Yeah, just overkill. I don't think there's going to be any fillers in this. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. Eight, st- eight episodes is a very short amount of time, like you said, to tell this story. And, like... I was, I'm fine with eight episodes for this. That's perfect for me. It's a quick watch for me, a couple, like maybe a weekend. And then it was like, you know, I'm expecting the show to be great, but I wasn't expecting it to be, it's not even out yet, and we're putting season two out there. Because like San Diego Comic-Con, they're like, we got Jack Ryan news. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to show like Hall H the first episode so everybody can see like the reviewers be like, oh my God, this movie is, this show is fantastic. And they're like, nah, season two is coming as well. And it's probably going to come in January. Like, you know, it's crazy. Were you shocked when they said, like, season two is coming? That's a bold fucking move, dude. That's a bold move. But I'm I'm assuming the test footage. Yeah, it's got to be well. killing, right? And when we went to the New York, New York Comic Con and you were talking about earlier how, remember we heard the people watching it? Yeah, they were going nuts. It was We were getting out of the tick panel. Yeah. And we were getting out of the tick panel and people were freaking out. And we're like, holy shit, like... Yeah. This must be pretty good. Wasn't John Krasinski there? I think he was. He had to be, right? Their debut in the first scene, like yeah. I feel like our first movie. And New York Comic Con gets pretty pretty yeah. decent sized people. Yeah, I mean Mark Hamill was there. Yeah. It's crazy. The whole cast of Star Trek. We wa- we saw Doug Jones and Jason Isaacs and Seneca Martin Green and we saw everybody. And that was before the first episode aired. Yeah. And that was that was an awesome panel. But no, it wasn't before the first episode because they showed episodes like four. They showed okay, the, yeah. the premise. We wa- right. we saw a snippet of I think like episode four before everybody else saw like a day before. But that was still awesome. It was still awesome. It was I the best see, panel I ever seen. I got to see Draco Malfoy's father, Lucius, yeah. in person. I got to see Abe Sapien and I got to see Sasha from The Walking Dead. Like I was almost oh you saw you sat there. I was right next to I you. was trying like I was trying so hard to get footage because we were covering it for press, trying to get uh, footage for it. And then they had like thermodynamic, like they had like infrared security guards who were like taking phones and smashing them if you're recording something. So I just hit voice memo, put it in my pocket, and played that. I, I just deleted the entire uh, four minutes I recorded. I took some pictures. It's on my Instagram. Yeah. Uh, what's your Instagram, by the way? My Instagram is Chuck underscore Active Geek. Yeah, because it's all about branding. Yes. And uh, check those pictures out. We had a great time, even yeah. though it was a year ago. Um, check them out. The anniversary. Anyway. We might be going back. Um. But, yeah, I mean, they were going nuts on that panel. So I was like, all right. And then when, like you said, they, a few weeks ago they announced it. Uh, it was a shock, but not a shock because that seems to happen a lot. More happens with movies. Yeah. Uh, you don't hear TV, TV shows happen too much. Yeah, I've never heard of an announcement, and correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, that mid, like the season hasn't even premiered yet, and they said we're going to do a second season. Like Cloak and Dagger came up and said, you know, well, we're almost done. We're about an episode away. Season two is coming, and it's gonna be mayhem. And season two is coming like spring. 
Yeah. That's coming out before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s new season. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.'s coming out in July. Yeah, and that ended, like, months ago. Did that end, like, in March? It's crazy. And, like, The Runaways is coming out December 21st. Another episode we're going to have a cover, which is great. <laughs> but, um, I mean, they do it with movies a lot. Like, Deadpool 1 did it, like, two weeks or a week before Deadpool 1 announced. Yeah. They said, we're doing Deadpool 2. Movies that happen a lot, because I think they get more traction. Yeah, yeah. And more audience participation. To where I've never heard of a TV show. And like I said, internet. If we're wrong, correct us. And the internet will. They definitely, they certainly will. But I, to my knowledge, I can't remember of any TV show getting a second season before it was announced. Like yeah. maybe it, if it was a couple seasons in. Yeah, it's crazy. Or a couple episodes in, but before it. Yeah, it's, that's, it's wild, dude. It's but intense. that means it must be pretty damn good. Yeah, and then the big announcement for uh, San Diego Comic-Con was they added Nomi Rapis. Uh, who's now being, to- uh, we're being told, is playing Harriet Harry Bauman in season two, an agent in Germany's secret intelligence. But then they also added this week uh, Michael Kelly, who's playing Mike November, a field officer in CIA, Jovan Adepo as Marcus, a former special crewman in the Navy now repairing boats, Jordi Mola as Nicole Reyes, or Nicholas Reyes, the leader of the South American of a South American country, Christina Umama, Umana, uh, Gloria Bonalde, a petition, a politician, and mother, and then uh, Francisco Dennis, who's playing Ubari, a senior government official in a South American country. So, I wonder if we're going Middle Eastern first season, or maybe just Homeland. We're staying domestic, and then season two we're going to like Colombia, Paraguay. It's um, probably Colombia, right? I would think so. Or like El Salvador to Central America. I mean, it's it's a global scale with this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because you're getting maybe they're in Germany more somehow. Reason, yeah, more reasons for drones, Chuck. <laughs> It's on this grand global scale, which is awesome. And like you were saying, how they announced a new... At first, when they announced her, I was like, all right, they grabbed a big name. But they're, like, deep into the story month because... It, not Like, I can see them, oh, we're, we grabbed her and we don't know who she's playing yet. Yeah. But they have... They already have synopsis of who they have they're synopsis playing. Of all yeah. these characters and everything. Like, they're getting... And these, char- these actors aren't big names, so they might not have these huge roles. But... Yeah. They're like, they must be really submersed in the, into yeah. this already. And production is probably already started. Oh, yeah. Which is fantastic. So uh, I'm excited for this. I know you're excited. We've talked an hour about how excited we are. Um, it's coming out August 31st on Amazon Prime. So make sure you, uh, if you don't have Amazon Prime, perfect time to get it or uh, get a seven-day trial. So you can at least stream the first one. Don't watch it illegally because we want to see, you know, John Krasinski get more roles. Speaking of John Krasinski, I got... One point for him and then two other points, and then we're going to get the hell out of here. Who should John Krasinski play in the MCU? Hands down, Dr. Reed Richards. That's what everybody wants him for. I didn't want him for that in my fan casting. I know you picked him, right? I don't know if I... No, I did not pick him. But after The Quiet Place came out, which was after this movie, and everyone saying, hey... Emily Blunt should play Invisible yeah. Woman. John Cena should play The Thing. And Zac Efron no. should play uh, Human Torch. That's, that's the whole. That's what they want. Uh, that's what the internet wants. I I still think Fantastic Four goes TV series. I said Gambit. I don't know how he does with a uh, Creole accent, but he's got to do better than Taylor Kitsch. So I'm going to go with Gambit still. But Mr. Fantastic would be my dream role for him if they go movie wise. Yeah. If they go television wise. I don't know if he's going to continue to do TV series. Maybe he's going to start directing more. Maybe he could showrun. The Fantastic Four. That would be pretty dope. But the last two things I got, Chuck, before we get out of here is the rumor is that we're getting a new James Bond. And a lot of people are pointing to Idris Elba. Right on the spot, one word, yes or no, you want Idris as Bond. Yes. I agree, 100% yes. The last thing, did you see the previews for this movie called Peppermint? Yes. Ridiculous or not ridiculous? Not ridiculous. Is this Jodie Foster's, is this Jennifer uh, Garner's version of Jodie Foster's The Brave Run, or Brave One? Or is this the female John Wick that we all deserve? I think it was the female cross between John Wick and Taken. Okay. Because they took her family. Oh, they killed him. And they killed him. I I think this is going to reinvent her. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, it's a bold move. We thought that Atomic Blonde was going to be the, the big, big female John Wick version, right? We didn't get it. Peppermint, the, Peppermint does not sound menacing whatsoever. I want to know why she's called Peppermint. I'm going to see it. I'm excited about it. Chelsea said it's kind of like the female Punisher. 
And that kind of fits everything. They kill her family. She goes out and starts killing people. I'm excited about that. If you haven't seen that trailer, check that out. And the last thing we need to do, Chuck, is sign out. And we are on the Instagrams, The Active Geek. We're on Twitter, Active Geek underscore. We are on Facebook, Active Geek. We are on SoundCloud, Google Play, Podknife, Apple Podcasts, under Active Geek Podcast. You can find me on the Galaxy Wars Podcast every Wednesday on all of the following uh, platforms. You can find Chuck on Instagram, as we said. You find me on YouTube, Den of Nerds. And then next week, you'll find us back here in your phones or your tablets or whatever you listen to us on as we are preparing for Iron Fist Season 2. Can this new showrunner redefine the Iron Fist? Will we see less I am the immortal Iron Fist and more just do your Iron Fisting? We'll see you next time. For the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. We are out.